personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Leith, who will help you get started in building your real estate empire. Grow your self-confidence, find your grit, and get the skills needed to dominate the real estate world. This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lee. Happy Sunday. This is Andrew and Lauren Lieb. We, we, we are just exhausted. Are you exhausted? Like this week, I don't think I slept a wink with this. And I've never watched more news channels telling me about counting votes in my life. You have these controversies about markers and do they do they count the, the Sharpie marker or do they not? And and uh, uh, Fox calls Arizona and, uh, Arizona and Trump's mad at Fox. And, and it's just, I'm overwhelmed. I'm so stressed out about what happened this week with the election. Did you miss the good stuff? Marijuana. I read that everyone was driving to the liquor store on election night, Lauren. The liquor sales were booming. But did you see that? I saw this. I don't know if you saw this. We had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven states. Seven states do drug laws going on. There was actually 120 proposed state laws and constitutional amendments on 32 states ballots. And everyone's so caught up on the Biden-Trump thing, they missed thinking about all this stuff. Marijuana. Do you know what marijuana sales would have been doing? And money, by, money, money, money. And by the way, no one would be fighting. We're, you're seeing they're, they're boarding up the, the New York City. They boarded up all the New York City. I have so many friends in New York City that were told not to go to work on Wednesday. I imagine they screwed that up. They should have said don't go to work on Thursday or Friday either because this is the longest running fighting of elections of all time. So I, I, I got to tell you, though, I got to tell you, New Jersey recreational marijuana. It's on question one of the New Jersey ballots. Here's what it said. 66.9% to 33.1% legalizes the recreational use of marijuana for persons age 21 and older and legalize the cultivation, processing, and sale of retail marijuana. Lauren, not to be outdone. Not to be outdone. Arizona, (laughs) recreational marijuana. This is Arizona Proposition 207. It legalizes recreational marijuana and it for people 21 and over. And it actually says you could expunge prior marijuana offenses, 59.8% to 40.2%. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not the end of it. That's not the end of it. Mississippi, they don't do the recreational marijuana, but they have these two different propositions about medical marijuana. Guess what? Both passed. 67.9% to 32.1%. And you say to yourself, you say to yourself, you say to yourself, but what about Dakota? South Dakota, 69.9% to 30.1% in Measure 26, which legalizes medical marijuana. And also Amendment A, 54.2% to 45.8%, which legalizes recreational marijuana. Montana, Initiative 190, they legalize it. Guys, before the election, before the election, 11 states had legal recreational marijuana. Colorado started the game and Washington in 2020, I mean, 2012. Then after this year, what we just saw, we have 15 states in the Washington, and Washington, D.C. with legal marijuana. And it, the world is changing. The world is changing. And at the Leapcast, we talk about how current events impact real estate and business. 
I'm my mind, one third of the United States basically has recreational marijuana right now. If you think about it, one third of the United States needs to know about laws. They need to know about laws because here's what people don't understand, Lauren. They think I'm going to go smoke a doobie. I was remembering when all the, all the stuff was coming out. I don't know if you remember when they were doing with the hemp. And you know how what's that CBD oil, CBD oil. and everyone, everyone and their brother was becoming a CBD dealer. And I kept saying, "This is what the Liebcast told you." Just because it passed, wait for the statutes and the regulations to come out. Passing yeah. doesn't mean passing. Passing doesn't mean passing. Passing just is the first threshold. Yeah, I think I read in Massachusetts when they legalized marijuana, it took two years after the vote. The vote was yes to get it out. So you're not just going to become a dealer. You're not just going to become legalized on day one. There's going to be licensing. Is there going to be licensing for providers? Is there going to be licensing for users? What's the story with state control? Meaning each of these states I just said are going to have completely different rules. Some of them are going to have rules about advertising, Lauren. Can they advertise to children? What are these rules? maximum quantities and restrictions. I'm thinking about all the local zoning rules that are going to say the towns, the main streets are not, you're not allowed to have a big Rastafarian joint on your main street. Well, I'm going to tell you what's interesting. You just said that about local laws, New Jersey, talking about New Jersey, one of the places that passed first, they do a 6.65% sales tax, but then here's what they do. Local municipalities, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. can make their own tax up to 2%. And I thought that was kind of interesting. So not only can they regulate this, they can generate revenue revenue on the local level. Some of you are going, my school tax, I was reading on the Facebook, someone goes, my school tax went up $500 from last year. Well, maybe marijuana is the answer for your community because if your local municipality can do 2% sales tax on marijuana, think about the money it can make. Everybody's talking about this recession or the depression that we're about to have. This is finally a way for the government to make money. So Montana is one of the states, right? Montana is one of the states. And Montana, a University of Montana study found that legalizing cannabis could generate $260 million by 2026. New Jersey could see annual sales up to $950 million by 2024 per the industry publication Marijuana Business Daily. There's money there. There's money there. And as Lauren says, the local restrictions, not only do they have the taxes, but what are the local rules? You know, when you sell alcohol, you can't open up next to a school. You can't open up next to a church. What's going to be the rules with that? You can't deal alcohol out of your house. You have to be in a commercial segment and there has to be a as of right use to be able to do it. I just have a question though. This is the part I don't understand. And I want to know this. I, I, I don't understand this. Why do they pass medical marijuana and recreational marijuana in the same state? Like, if you create recreational marijuana, what's the point of the medical marijuana part? Like, is there Does health di- insurance cover? Oh, maybe that's why. Marijuana? I don't know. But Lauren, you speak of health insurance, and I think this is also interesting. Just so we're all crystal clear, eighteen United States Code Section eight hundred one, and that subsequent that whole section is the Federal Controlled Substances Act. And just so we're all crystal clear, these fifteen states can do whatever they want. Hogwash. The federal government says that they prohibit distribution, sale, use, and possession of marijuana. They classify it with LSD, heroin, and other serious narcotics. And when Jeff Sessions was the attorney general, he's saying, we're going to go prosecute it. Now, I will say Barr said he wasn't going to. He was if states made it legal, but it's federally illegal. So you got issues with employment for what happens if you're a federal employee 
and you smoke in your legalized state, can you get fired by the federal government? You got issues. You got issues with banking. Can you even access a bank? There's just issues, issues. So I have good news. I have good news. I have good news. You listen to the Leapcast, and I'm bringing on the experts today that are going to be telling us things that we need to know. I have someone who is, you know what he calls himself? I, I want you to know, the New Jersey Weed Man. <laughs> I and love that name. You might be thinking I'm making a joke about the New Jersey Weed Man, but he actually founded the Legalized Marijuana Party, and he's run for office multiple times. This guy, he's the man. And then we're bringing on, just for the other side, is Lisa James. This gal she has a political history. She was the Arizona executive director for Bush Cheney. She was the victory director for the Arizona Republican Party. She was the deputy chief of staff at the U.S. House of Representatives. This lady is going to show us all the problems. Guys, there's not a pro and a con to anything. You might be going, the Liebcast is talking about the drugs. I'll tell you about the drugs. Did you see what happened in Oregon? Oregon says, here's what they say. Is that the mushrooms? Well, they do the mushrooms too. There was two different propositions, Lauren. One is psychedelic mushrooms. And by the way, Oregon wasn't the only place that did that. That was Oregon and D.C. But just to be clear, it's not the psychedelic mushrooms, the magic mushrooms, the mushrooms tea. It's not that this is now that you can use common anywhere you want. This is a form of treatment. And we have studies. We've we looked into it today. And there's studies. They're showing psychological treatment. You were telling me about some of Yeah, I saw that they're looking at making it cancer, helping for cancer depression, for drug addicts, too, to help drug addicts recover. So that was interesting. But, but the most controversial of it all is this Oregon law. And I was actually on a Facebook fight before I went on. Apparently, this is like a thing that people are saying that Oregon's now allowing cocaine, heroin, and meth. And they're not. It's just, that's just right, not so everybody true. Everybody just listen up. Like, I, you guys get your news from regurgitating news. I, on the other hand, like to go research. So if you want to research it for yourself, Google Oregon Measure 110. And then Google Oregon Measure 109. Oregon Measure 109 is about the psychedelic mushrooms. Oregon Measure 110, I'm going to read it to you. Decriminalize some drugs and provide treatment. That's what we're talking about. Personal possession of certain drugs would be decriminalized. And you say to yourself, oh, they're allowing drugs. They're allowing drugs. They're allowing drugs. No, no, no. All they're doing is they're saying that we're going to, instead of incarcerating people, give them a fine. And then we're going to make them have to go to addition, addiction recovery programs. So here's the thing when it comes to Oregon. I'm not telling you it's good, bad, or indifferent, but taxes again, the amount of money we spend for things. When you lock someone up, do you know how much it costs to feed them? Do you know how much it costs to give them electricity? Do you know how much it costs the legal system to prosecute them? Do you know how much it costs the police department to arrest them? Have you thought about all these fees? Like, it's so expensive. And is jail the place for an addict to keep on using drugs or to get clean? Well, this is actually one of the most fundamental philosophical conversations people need to have. And stop saying, Oregon, they're letting the crazy liberals, what do they call them? The radical left. The radical, they use radical. That's a word they use before they say it, which by the way, all you conservatives, when you use the word radical before liberal, whoever's a liberal tunes you out. Just like when the um, liberals condescend to you and they say, you're Trumpet or whatever they call you. Trumper. Trumper. You tune it out. So it's both ways. You can't attack first. Here's the issue, though. And I'm not taking a position. Here's what I'm telling you. In Oregon, what they said, 
is that it's better for our society to give treatment to people that are addicted to hard drugs than to lock them up. Now, I want to be clear. Maybe you believe that we should lock them up and throw away the keys. Maybe you believe that we should send them right to treatment. Maybe you believe that we should punish them first and then we should treat them. The advantage of punishment is that you can dissuade future action by others. And if the punishment is bad enough, like in certain countries, they cut off your hand. You know, like you read about that. Maybe if you pollute and they cut off your hand, you won't pollute. That's the theory of it. But the question becomes, do drug addicts in Oregon that do heroin and meth and cocaine, are they not going to do it because they're afraid of getting locked up? Or is locking them up just the solution? And if locking them up is just the solution, wouldn't a better solution be to create interventions to get them to not be addicted to the drug in the first place? Now, maybe drug, you know, I don't know how much you're familiar with this. Drug interventions aren't the best. What does that mean? There's a recidivism rate. There's a rate where people just keep doing it again and again, even after they've been to treatment. But maybe what we should be doing is raising that fine. Maybe it's a fine right now, but maybe they should raise the fine and give more funding to the treatments. Because if we treat people, we make them productive members of society. When they don't want to do drugs, they could add to our coffers when it comes to tax, and they could add to production as opposed to being locked in jail and becoming more likely to commit more crimes. Yeah, I think the fine is way too low. I think they said it was $100. So so maybe the fine's too low. And maybe, just so we're clear, maybe there should be a jail time. Maybe you should go to jail for a reduced time as some sort of punishment coupled with the treatment when it comes to therapeutic jurisprudence, which means how do we use the court system? How do we use our legal system to help people and to rehabilitate them? So for all you people going, you should lock them up. Do you also believe that our jails should stop doing training? Because if you just want to lock them up and throw away the keys, let's throw them, send them down to Castro's Cuba when Castro was in charge of Cuba and just lock them up. Or in Russia and Siberia, just lock them up. But if you believe in rehabilitating people, the question becomes, what resources, what are you going to do to do that? So I just have to put that out there that a lot of times, a lot of times what people do is they go, I'm for this. I'm against this. And that's because they were watching their favorite broadcaster on TV or they were reading Facebook or they, one of these idiots I was reading on Facebook today, and I hope you know who I'm talking about, writes something that we need to stop. I forget the exact quote, but he goes, you got to stop following the information that everyone's fed you and find the alternative information. (laughs) What? No, no. Guy, I happen to know that you're not educated. So you need to start by getting educated in the first place. And what we need to understand is what the difference is between primary source material and secondary source material. Secondary source material means someone's opinion on a finding. Primary source material means the finding. When you read primary source material, it's unbiased, meaning it just says, here's what we did. Here was our methodology. Here's what we found. Here's what we need to do for further research. That's all it says. What you're reading is what people are doing in the echo chamber to try and teach you their spin to get you where you want to go. So looping back, what a day we had on election day, a hundred and election, week. election month, 120 proposed state laws. We got New Jersey. We got Arizona. We got Oregon. These, these states, these states, these states, Washington, D.C., Mississippi, South Dakota, Montana. 
what we're seeing is a big trend in the United States towards the legalization of marijuana. And I'm hearing industry. That's all I'm hearing because at the Leapcast, again, we care how current events impact business and real estate. I drive down my block where my office is in Smithtown and there's vacancy, 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 vacancy. And I say to myself, that building could be used for cultivation. That building could be used for distribution. That building could be used for retail. That building could be used for the person that goes and fixes all the equipment. That person, oh, you go. I hear jobs, jobs, jobs. I hear more money circulating in the economy. So just for a little history lesson, I don't know if you know this, but marijuana was illegal until about 1910 in the United States. Yeah, that's I, fascinating. I think that's an interesting little history I lesson. I thought about that before. Yeah, so marijuana is not like this thing that we've always thought was a terrible thing. But back in 1910, they started a few states to criminalize drug offenses. And then we had the war on drugs. And, and so we had all these things that go down. So what we want to do for you today is we want to bring on these two acts. We're going to bring them on. And we want to go through what's next. What should we be navigating? Because I don't look at marijuana passing in these 15 states starting in Colorado back in 2012. I don't look at marijuana passing just now in these four states. I don't look at this as the end of the story. I look at this as the beginning of the next story. And the next story is how is society going to create laws and regulations to manage a booming and emerging industry. I was never fascinated with marijuana until it became legalized. Why was I never fascinated with it? Because what's interesting for good business people is how you can leverage your knowledge differential about laws and how to move laws and lobby for laws and advocate for laws and change laws to create pathways for your success and barriers to entry for your competition. So the question that we are asking at the Liebcast today is what's next? What are we seeing next? And as another history lesson, Colorado started years ago and Colorado started with the Wild West. Just do what you do. And then they subsequently added new laws. And some businesses were going under the Wild West, and yeah, they weren't in trouble. But then they found that you had to have different entities that were cultivating and distributing and retailing. And then they found that you couldn't eat the product in places. And when the laws change, your business changes. And if you rely on a false assumption about what laws will be, you're going to be out of business. But, you know... There's no one better to tell us about this type of thing than the New Jersey weed man. This guy has been at it his entire life. He's going to tell us all the future of what we can see. Then we also have to have on Lisa James because Lisa James, Lisa James is going to tell us what worries we should have because just like alcohol, this isn't going to be a free for all people. This election, major election, big election. We learned about Arizona. We learned about Nevada. We learned about what happened in Miami. We learned about Pennsylvania. Not to be outdone, North Carolina. These states we have studied and learned and had they vote this way and how they vote that way. And as I tell you all the time, it's pretty equal. We're just divided. The independent in the room, the independent in the room says to you, okay, that happened. Now what we see is that laws passed. Let's get interested in these laws. Let's get interested in these opportunities. Let's get interested in what happens next. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, 
your opinion doesn't matter. Why? Because the vote was on the Tuesday. That vote already happened. You can't have an opinion on what was. You can only have an opinion on what would be. Now, have an opinion on what was all you want, but you're going to make yourself nuts. If you're sitting here and you're in New Jersey and you go, the stupidest law that ever passed, it was so dumb, why are they doing it? And now they're going to be by New York and they're going to be, and you're going to see New York now have it done and they're going to be bringing it over the bridge and over the tunnel and this is a problem and that is a <laughs> Well, I'm just seeing all these places opening up right out of the George Washington Bridge, the Lincoln Tunnel, and New York is just going to flock to New Jersey. And then where's all the money going? So Cuomo, Cuomo, Cuomo. But more importantly, is the question is what's next? And when Lauren says Cuomo, 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 she's saying if you're a New Yorker, you should be saying, should this be recreationally legal in your state, in your county, in your city, in your town, in your village? But if you're in New Jersey, you should be saying today, okay, they passed the law. What are going to be the rules of this industry? Are these rules going to benefit me in my community? Are they going to hurt me in my community? How can I lobby, challenge? How could I go out? How could I go out? How could I go out and have my voice heard? Am I going to email? When I write to my Congress people, am I going to go seek out opportunities? Because again, you can't care about what was, you can care about what's going to happen. And on the Leapcast today, our key, what we're keying in is that we're going to be teaching you how the current event of marijuana laws now in 15 states, four new ones in the United States is going to affect your business. Stay with us. This is the Leapcast. This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lieb. Find us on social media at Listen to Lieb or visit listentoleap.com. 